0: to Aligned Mama Podcast.
1: We're your hosts, Samantha Kapstick and Nikki Trout. And we're partnering up because we know motherhood is hard. Like
0: really, really hard. <laughs> really hard.
1: <laughs> Get ready to equip yourself
0: with practical tips and strategies to tackle daily trials along with insights from
1: expert guest speakers and relatable stories from other moms just like you. Join us weekly for advice, inspiring stories, and a supportive community of moms navigating the joys and challenges of motherhood together. Welcome back, mamas. Today, we are so excited to finish part two of the previous podcast where Brittany and Matt are sharing their beautiful testimony. We will just jump right back in.
2: Follow me and I'll go take you to where your money's at. So I take her to work. I dropped her off and I take her car and I'm like, like trying to get away from these people. I'm driving down, you know, 61, probably 80, 90 miles an hour. And this is like early morning. So it's a wonder police didn't be
1: afraid you could get shot. Yeah. That that's what she
2: said. The person I had owed money to was like, If you don't give me my money, I'm gonna shoot you. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Okay, now we're here, I don't I'm definitely don't have your money. So we get into like I'm like trying to lose them, but they're they're keeping up with me. Mm-hmm. So I get off forty seven, I make the left, heading towards Hawk Point. And that first S-curve, I spin out and I overcorrect. And then I spin and I hit, I smack the side of a telephone pole. So when that happened, um, they, of course, stopped. My arm's, like, in, like, shredded. Mm. Um, So they stopped. And I'm like, you got to get out of here, blah, blah. You got to get out of here. So they leave, you know, cops show up. Um, state troopers show up and, uh, take me to the hospital. They're gone. So I'm like, oh, I mean, this is worst. This isn't best worst, worst case. case. Yeah. yeah. This is best worst case scenario. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they're gone. Yeah, I got rid of road. them, but I'm now, I about have your to, car. but now I have to deal with the cops. Cause I have drugs on me. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever had drugs on me and I've been stopped by the police mm-hmm. or had yeah. to deal with the police. Um, so uh, they take me down to the hospital. You know, they take care of my arm, whatever. And the cop was like, all right, well, I'm going to charge you with, you know, possession. Because, you know, he found stuff on me. Mm-hmm. He was well, he wanted to charge me with DUI because, you know, he wanted to know what was in my system. But at that point, they had already given me pain medication. So, there's nothing easy? really he could do, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So, I call her. She's... She's mad. She's, of course, mad. You know, Dad I got her car. I
1: telling you, stay away from him. So did your mom.
3: He had totaled my car. I had it, like, maybe a month, two months at, at the most. So, yeah, I, I mean, I was obviously concerned for him. I just want to point this out really quick, though. From his arm getting, like, I mean, it was down to the white meat. Like, it was disgusting. He had, I had to wrap it for a couple weeks after that anyways. He has a scar on his arm, and it's in the shape of a cross. So yeah, wow. just throwing that out yeah, there. We let's yeah, like there's that, wow.
0: and then it goes, it goes wow. down.
1: He got a tattoo that day. Oh, no. Yeah, a
3: permanent tattoo. Day. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Got again, there are signs, you know. Yeah. But sorry, were you done with that mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> So, at this point, like I'm like trying to get help, but not trying. Like, I'm homeless, so I'm like, I can't keep Mm -hmm. sleeping in her car, whatever. I don't have nowhere else to go. No
1: car. Yeah. (laughs) It's gone now. Um, So,
2: (laughs) I had actually picked up an application from the Troy Dream Center. Which is a place. it's It's a men's residential facility that, you know, they help men who are addicts and those who are struggling with other life altering substances to you know find a different way of living mm-hmm. um through God and through you know mm-hmm. the bible and
1: How had you how did you hear about them So
2: I had been going on and off going to the journey church on and off you know mm-hmm. So I had heard about it you know through you know the times that I wasn't high sure. you know so I'm like oh this sounds good so I'll try it you know so it, this was like either you do this or you got nowhere to live. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So sorry. So
3: kind of just to back up like my story a little bit to catch it up. We were homeless. My mom picks me up, takes us to takes me to rehab. He goes to jail. So this is October. I, I checked myself in on, on October 24th of 2017, and in that rehab, it finally clicked for me. I, and I've been clean from heroin since that day. So it clicked for me for that in particular, somebody came up, one of the techs that was working there came up to me and he's like so much bigger than me, weighs so much more than me, healthier, obviously a lot of muscles. And he's like, think of me as your drug of choice. Look at me a- as heroin. You want to fight me? Do you want to fight me? Cause you're gonna fail every single time, you know. And he kind of started like pushing up on me a little bit, and like trying to get it to click for me. He's like, you know, do you want to fight? You think you're gonna win this fight ever? And that's whenever it finally clicked for me. Like heroin was my truly my downfall. I will then and probably now I will never be stronger than heroin. That is, it will always be stronger than me. I will never, I I will never win at that fight never going to be strong enough to win at that fight. So I'm not even going to face it. So I've been clean from heroin since then fast. Thank you. Fast forward back into, um, March when he gets out of jail, I had been working two jobs, got another car, you know, uh, (laughs) not a more, (laughs) but yeah. So I had gotten, I was pretty active uh, or like open about my recovery and stuff like that. So people knew that I was a drug addict, and then I had problems. So I ended up working at Burger King, and one of the friends, coworkers that I started working with there, um, she was using meth. So I ended up in my wa- warped way of thinking, like, oh, well, meth wasn't my drug of choice, so maybe this time. It's just meth. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just <laughs> meth. Yeah, not even been a big deal, <laughs> big right? Deal. So I thought that I would maybe have some control over it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that didn't end up happening. So that's March of two thousand eighteen. It is. It is. <laughs> oh my <laughs> it's gosh! March. Just I know. Like. So he gets out of out of jail then, and I had like I had some meth ready for for him when he got out of jail, which is just ugh, ridiculous. So definitely toxic for the both of us. So. That summer, we was getting high. It was in June that he went into the Dream Center. And i that was a three-month program, 90 days, whatever program. And during that time, I was still out there. I was still getting high, and I I was kind of keeping to myself for the most part. I wasn't getting in no trouble. I didn't get in any legal trouble, just struggling still. And So I finally hit rock bottom. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I lost both my jobs. I didn't have a car anymore. I was really starting to lose myself again. And uh, I had locked myself in my room for a couple of days after I lost both of my jobs. I was so ashamed to say anything. You know, I had worked so hard. And nobody knew that I had relapsed at that point. So,
1: and shame for that, too. For
3: sure. So, so much. that That is something that I have always been very passionate about like, that shame and that guilt will eat you alive. And that towards the end of that part of my addiction, that summer, the, those months, that's really what kept my addiction going was the shame and the guilt that I had felt from relapsing. And the disappointment that I knew that my, my family, who had put so much into my support system my support system put so much into me and it's my parents my aunts and uncles you know my niece who I'm really close with like mm-hmm. they were my cheerleaders and so the disappointment and the shame and the guilt that I knew that I would feel from letting them in kept me using because mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel that I didn't want to face
0: reality.
3: yeah so he gets visitors on Sundays while he's in the dream center and I can remember going up there. I, I was still using. We were sitting out in the backyard at a picnic table together. He has tears in his eyes, and he's like, you can't come up here anymore. You can't be here anymore. You can't come and see me until you stop getting high. And this was like the first. T- t- I, I always had this mindset where, like, I was better than. You know, even even than him. And I know that sounds so bad, oh, but like,
1: right, it, exactly. He was
3: I, absolutely. For sure. So for him to stand up to me mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you're not doing right. You got to stop. It was really hard to accept that. Like it was so hurtful for him to tell me that because I was like, who am I? Why, who are you? Right, and who yeah. are you? Like, what are you doing? What
0: did they do yeah, to you? Yeah, what Kool-Aid they got you drinking? That was,
3: that was God, yeah. though. Like So this was the first type of... Um, meeting program whatever anything that was religious based for him to be in and it, it was god like god so i tell great. you what god did a work through him in what, in the what dream center god
1: spoke to him. You get, is there something like she had an epiphany with that one guy saying the thing what what was it that got you there clicked thank you
2: um at that point i don't it was it was just like the fact that like I wanted to legitimately make the effort to get it together. Mm -hmm. Like everything in my life that was going on was like, you got to get this together because when you leave here, you're going to be on your own. Mm -hmm. I don't have, I don't have the same system that she has. Mm -hmm. I don't have all the aunts, the uncles, the brothers, the sisters, you know, I still got, you know, I got my siblings and then my mom, but that's, that's it, Mm -hmm. you know? And at the time, you know, I wasn't really talking to none of them. So like, for me, it became a way of surviving. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to get this. It, it became, it wasn't so much God as much as it was. I can't have that distraction around mm-hmm. me because I don't have what she has. Mm-hmm. And although, like, she's still using, it, but she's not letting other people know. Mm-hmm like that was that was also a part of it was like you have to be truthful with where you're at Mm -hmm. like just say you're not ready you know and then we can we can work on that but until you say you're ready then i can't Mm -hmm. you know i can't be around you
0: so where did jesus come into all this what is what like where did he like capture y'all's heart in the process so he's in the Dream Center, and in August,
3: I he was going to get out um, mm-hmm. in September. So
1: you hadn't seen him any other Sundays. You like no, you
3: I that? yeah, I had to stop. That was a big thing that pushed me to as well to go to my third and final rehab, um, which I did in the beginning of of August. I checked myself into a rehab, and him having the faith based recovery help that he was getting like I had seen a different side of him. I I and I'm so glad that I was had the opportunity to see that because I seen it was working. Mm-hmm. It was something it different. Like a glimmer of hope. Yeah, for sure. So I had gone to and and not just him, I received so much love and support and just non judgmental mm-hmm trueness from the people that he was going that like the church family that he was gaining through journey church and the dream signer i can remember him giving his testimony in the in front of church at journey church and i'm losing it completely losing it in in the audience and still struggling still getting high and a lot of the members from the church were like let us help you I will. We'll get you on a plane. We'll send you to the to the L A Dream Center. I didn't end. up, I didn't end up going. Um, just the the push and this and the support that I felt from them. It was a, a couple of days later. In my heart, I didn't feel like because that was a year long program, mm-hmm. the women's program that they have in at the L A Dream Center. That's a year long. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to commit to that long, and in my mind and in my heart. Which obviously it worked out for the better, but in my mind I'm thinking I don't need that long. Mm-hmm. This was just a little hiccup. Mm-hmm. This is just a little hiccup. Yeah. I just need like a few days. I need a reset. I had already been to rehab twice, so I kind of knew what it felt like to go. I knew the it's like a vacation in your mind almost with a bunch of cushiony pillows around <laughs> you for for comfort. <laughs> so I a, a couple days there. At, so at church after that, I felt so much love and support from. The people there, and they were ready to help me. And that seeing him and having that love and support, that was something that I had never felt in in a church setting. And just the unwavering looks of people that were to, so ready to help us. And look like at me, God. You felt God. absolutely. Yeah. So I go to this rehab, non faith based. You know, they did not have any sort of nothing. Their teachings were all on the mind and the body and the soul, nothing spiritual whatsoever, nothing religious. So we had some free time throughout the day, and a couple ladies asked me to do a Bible study with them. And it was through that that I learned quite a few things about God that I hadn't recognized. Like things about having a relationship with him, things about hearing God's voice and and discernment and all that. So that opened my eyes a lot. And there was a lot of girls there that were praying for me, and I hadn't had that interaction with people yet, especially at that level. You know, you're vulnerable, very, very vulnerable. So, again, seeing the work that God is doing with him, this was my moment of god spoke to me so i'm sitting at the pond at this rehab and i'm just completely bawling my eyes out i i can't control it and i'm on my knees and i am just like okay god here i am i'm i can't do this anymore I'm broken I'm at rock bottom I don't know how to do this I don't feel like I can do this on my own anymore and I begged him please please give me something to hold on to give me something to keep me grounded and I get out of rehab a couple weeks later he ends up getting out of the dream center probably within like the month of me getting released from that last rehab. I ended up getting pregnant with our first baby girl. And, you know, I got baptized. He got baptized. And we're trying. We're trying. And it's hard. So a lot of people, you know, when you get baptized, you know, the enemy really kind of attacks you even even harder at that time because he's trying not to lose you. So we're trying, but it's hard. There had been, he was kind of in and out. I was living at my dad's at the time, trying to, you know, get myself back together, build my life back up. You know, I'm pregnant, everything. He's staying with me at my dad's house. Sometimes. Um, he lived there for a little while, but then he relapsed. And throughout that, uh, it was it was it was rough. Throughout that, um, he ended up going to another facility, and it didn't work out there. So, throughout him using, and he like I said, he was still living at my dad's house for the with me for the most part. Um, there was several times throughout that I, knowing that I was pregnant, there were several times throughout that I would get high with him on meth, and it wasn't until I was like seven months pregnant when I finally, it wasn't a consistent usage, but Mm -hmm. usage either way, Mm -hmm. and I was, it was like April 20th of 2019, and that was the last time I got high on meth, Mm -hmm. at seven months pregnant. I ended up being arrested. I went to jail for a few days and ended up getting taken out. They were actually trying to revoke my probation from the very first time that I went to jail and send me to prison. So, because I wasn't paying, I wasn't showing up to, Mm -hmm. you know, to probation. So they were trying to revoke it and send me to prison. Luckily I got a very nice attorney (laughs) and (laughs) you know, they're not trying to send a seven month pregnant Mm -hmm. girl girl to prison for non-payment primar- primarily, so I, I got on a payment plan, fixed that. We had both gotten arrested at that time, so April 20th, 2019. He goes to jail. They ended up revoking his probation, and he does not get out. He goes to prison. He, up until this time, like, he had never been to actual prison, but he went to prison this time, and he didn't end up getting out until the end of 2019, I had our daughter two months after the fact on June 22nd of 2019 I while he was in prison I had our first daughter and you know throughout my pregnancy I'm not really connecting with her emotionally or or even realizing the magnitude of oh my gosh like I'm about to have a baby you know I was still kind of using and not get not doing what I was supposed to be doing so not realizing the gravity of the situation. So as soon as she came out, I instantly fell in love with her. And that was that for me. I inst- God had given me my exact prayer, give me something to hold on to, give me something to keep me grounded. And that was her. That was her. Me and her, you know, the first six months of her life, Matt was in prison so it was just me and her mm-hmm. living at my dad's house mm-hmm. and that was so healing for me to have her and to cling to be able to cling to her and have something that loved me and I it, yes it gave me purpose and it gave me a worthiness that I had never ever felt you know so a couple of days after she was born I I was set to be discharged and the doctor came in and said that she can't come home with me. CPS was called, Child Protective Services was called because I had a positive meth drug test whenever I had gotten whenever I had gotten arrested back in, you know, April. And they weren't going to let me take her home. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget that that was the most emotionally trying and heartbreaking times of my life. Mm-hmm. Because I, I had instantly fell in, in love with something that was going to protect me. Yeah. And, and they were getting ready to take what I felt at that time was, you know, she instantly became my life, my whole heart instantly. And it hurt so much that they weren't, you know, going to let me have her. And so we were there for a few days. They ended up testing her umbilical cord. To see if there was going to be meth in there or or marijuana or anything. Because I had smoked marijuana my entire pregnancy as well. They weren't too concerned with that. Um, So as long as her umbilical cord blood came back negative from meth, they would let her come home with me. And, and I would have physical custody, maybe not legal custody of her, but I would have physical custody of her. I stayed at, that, I stayed at the hospital with her for those few days because they were like, you're checked out, you can leave. I'm like, I don't want to leave, please don't make me leave. So they put me up in a boarding mother's room and there was this nurse there that was so sweet to me and didn't judge me. I, I just remember after the CPS worker had left, she came in. And I broke down I was like i i just i made a mistake like look at what i've- d- d- i seen what I'd done, and it was just heartbreaking to look at my daughter's face and know that I did that to her, and that they were about to probably take her away so four days after she was born, I get a call from the c p s worker she said "There's no math in her system. you can go ahead and take her home and that was the beginning of my life with her and it's like the God beginning of the end, almost. Yes, really like that's something that I have always thought, you know, because I I've given my testimony before and I stood up in front of 150 women and was like, I was getting high while I was pregnant, and that that was something that I hadn't. I was shamed, yeah. very very ashamed of that, and that wasn't something that I shared, even after the fact. Not a lot of people knew at that time, so.
1: No, this is so beautiful, but just think about your story though. Compared to so many, so mm-hmm. many still don't escape it. It's and hard. The beauty, yeah. Whether that's what happened, it did happen. But yeah, if, if, if that's what God had to do to shake you, out, then absolutely.
0: So
1: cute, you know? oh, she's you. a beautiful thriving little <clears throat> girl. Yes. So, so know, he protected her.
3: She's my best friend. She really is.
1: Literally, nothing in the world could change you and what you're doing but she did like think about exactly. That. And instead of you think of it, think of it as like, I'm so sorry. And when she gets older, she knows that she knows that the mother's love, like nothing in the world could have changed you, change your mind, what you were doing. Like she
3: did she a hundred percent. And I, even now I know she doesn't understand the magnitude of it, but I, she knows like mommy used to not be a good person. Mommy and daddy used to not follow God mm-hmm. and, I've told her many, many times she knows that she's my angel and that she saved me, that I truly will always feel God sent her directly to me Mm -hmm. for me to get it together because I had such poor self-worth and image that I never would have gotten clean for myself. Mm -hmm. I I never would have gotten clean for myself because I never felt like I was good enough for it. So I'm going through CPS and all this and they I I was granted full custody of her and I went through CPS for for a few months and then in November so she was like about almost 6 months old he was released from prison and went and stayed at Salvation Army and he stayed there for a little while and then he ended up coming to Missouri cuz he was in Kansas city um or, and coming to St. Louis and staying with my dad, me and my dad. Again, my dad, awesome, loves us so much. <laughs> He's always been, him and my mom, always been my backbone. So he moved in with us, and that's kind of the start of the uphill from it because up until he got home, even a while after he had gotten home and out of prison, I was so scared that I was going to end up raising this baby on my own that she wasn't going to have an active dad
1: afraid that you could relapse or were you just done
3: I I was pretty done I so those few days of staying in the hospital waiting on an answer on whether I could take her home you know my mom had mentioned I'm so scared they're not going to let you take her home because then what if you go out and relapse and get high you know this is a good excuse for you to go ahead and go and do that and in my mind I was like no I'm done. This is the whole, the whole reason that I'm here is because I couldn't put it down. And I go I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to lose her cuz again, instantly I was head over heels for this baby. And I think like the shame and the guilt and the heartache that I felt from that is what kept like that was completely earth-shattering to mm-hmm for them to take possibly take her away from me mm-hmm. and i've said it before god left me cuz i'm healed mm-hmm. i'm good i'm healed Je- jesus forgave me i forgave myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he left me with just enough guilt just enough hurt mm-hmm. just enough shame of that situ of that particular situation to make sure that i don't ever do it again right. cuz i that was so raw and intense that was the most emotion that I had ever felt and not been able to go and get high and not deal with it Mm -hmm. and that's that's what kept me kept me going is is my girls and the kids that have followed since then. then yes he got he got out and went to the Salvation Army I think you had one slip-up while you were at the Salvation Army? Not to you out, no? <laughs> no? Sorry, yeah. yeah. Here.
2: Oh. Mm. So, uh, yeah, no. Um, I went to prison and through the course of prison, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Like, Because I was like my dad. My dad, you know, he didn't get to watch Me grow up, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm literally in the same position my dad was in when, right after he had me. So I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. And there was, there was even phone calls between me and her where I'm like, I don't want to do this, but like, I can't go back to Lincoln County. Mm -hmm. I can't go back to Troy because there's nothing good for me there. And, you know, she's not leaving because she doesn't she doesn't want to be somewhere where she doesn't have a foundation. She doesn't right. have the support. So I'm like, okay, well, I was 99.9% sure that I wasn't coming back to Lincoln County. So we were going to have to make the co-parenting thing yeah. work. So, um, but, you know, through divine intervention, I wound up being able to live with her and her dad, you know. Mm-hmm. So since that time, you know, we both been clean. Did you, you know. have
1: the same thing when you saw your baby girl for the first time or did it take you a little bit longer?
2: Um I think it was it was more my dad like mm-hmm. yeah. given the situation like
0: you never thought you'd be him and then here you are. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like it's like, you know, it it's the same thing as like father sports players. Mm-hmm. And their sons who follow in their footsteps. Mm-hmm. Like, but, you know, obviously on the opposite end to of the, the spectrum, of the you know, yeah. you know. So.
0: Did it make you have empathy for him or like a realization, like, you know, like, oh shoot. So. You know, I can see how he got here.
2: That's a. I haven't. So I've forgiven him, mm-hmm. you know, because even when he got out of prison, he, you know, there was no hey, son, let's go um, try to fix no this relas- relationship. It's just, we're going to pretend like nothing happened. Like the yeah. the the 14 years that I was gone didn't happen. So, and obviously, you know, as a child, you know, now as a young man, like mm-hmm. I can't, you know, how do I go through that? You know, right. so I had no clue how to deal with that. So I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna have to leave you alone, you know. So
0: well, that's where you broke the generational curse. cycle is yeah. mm-hmm. even though you went through that and were there, you
1: know, it changed you for the good, and mm-hmm. you let that versus someone that yeah just you know is that part of the message? Like you know, God moving and that you still had a choice. Like it, we can make excuses all day, right? Of, right. You know, is that I don't know any any thoughts with that.
2: So okay, so like. From that moment forward, the word the word to this day is still vulnerable it's not vulnerability, it's transparency since I've gotten out of prison, obviously I was afraid to come back to church. but when I did come back to church, they welcomed me with open arms, welcomed her with open arms she she was already going you know at this point she's getting she got her own relationship with God so now like we're just trying to do it together. You know, and obviously, I mean, of course, there have been some, you know, periods of time where, like, are we really gonna do this? Like, is this working? Because we're we are an anomaly,
1: very much. We are like you could see one maybe breaking it, but not exactly. So certainly not with the user. (laughs) Yeah, that's
2: and that's the thing is like like we're not supposed to be here, but here we are, like. Mm -hmm. And all glory to God. Like so we got involved with the church. Um started serving. She's uh lead of the nursery. I'm lead of the parking lot. So it's like, you know, only God can do that.
1: Yeah, crazy. You know, I
2: volunteer at the same place I, you know, mm-hmm. the dream center. So it's like I
1: love your word transparency too. Yeah. Like isn't I mean, just like Nancy doing the podcast of her hardest trial, like you're gonna see people around town. You are known in a certain yep. way, but being transparent, and being like, and you know what? I think God shines the most in people like you mm-hmm. because they they knew the before you, yeah. and look at you now, right? Yeah. So be bold, be transparent. Because oh yeah, absolutely. Wow. Like I mean, it's, that's your testimony. It's
2: it's mm-hmm. it's crazy to think that like the same people who saw me at my lowest are seeing me now. And that's part of the reason why I'm not afraid to say, hey, I'm, I I would, you know, everywhere I go, if somebody's willing to listen, I'll be like, hey, this is my story. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not afraid to let people in on the, that time, because yeah. no matter what you're going through, somebody may be able to relate to that. Yeah. And how fair is that for me to keep that to mm-hmm. myself?
0: Right.
1: You know,
2: well, right. and
0: the truth of the matter is, like, some sins just look uglier than other sins on the outside, mm-hmm. but we're all exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Like and if you're sitting there like, Oh, I will I've never done this, well pride. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Well,
1: bye, yeah. 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 yeah, like
0: you know what I'm saying? Like it's just like we're yeah. all a wretched mess and like and it's about like grabbing each other and like wrapping our arms around each other and being like Man, holy crap! I'm jacked up. You jacked up, like that's to Amen. Jesus,
1: like, well, in the breaking of chains, would you say? Do you? I mean, do you still battle with some of those thoughts of unworthiness, depression, all those things? Or like, do you? Is there a marked difference with now that you know God?
3: <clears throat> There's definitely a difference now that I know God. I'd be lying if I said I don't struggle. For sure. I, I after I had our second daughter, uh, I really battled with postpartum depression. So there. It, I've had my battles, you know, God doesn't come in and fix you like that. You, life keeps going and you have, and you face battles. And I definitely have, we have as, as a couple, everything. So, but God was, I could definitely see him in, in my life now and my relationship. He gave me Naya and Naya gave me a worthiness that I will never be able to let go of. I never had it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to let it go. And I realized that for the both of us, realistically and statistically, there's always a chance that we could go, we could relapse and and lose everything. It's It happens all the time. But in my heart of hearts, in my mind of minds, God's, I don't think I could lo- I I got it so good, we are so blessed now. I cannot let this go, we can't let this go. We've worked so hard. It is, it is, it's so fulfilling. Because all of these emotional voids are filled mm-hmm. with love and
0: God. I would say, in that the name thing. of Jesus, yeah. and
1: you're covered by the blood. I would say, yes. thank you every day. I would yeah. I would pray at one time and I would look yeah. it in the mirror every morning or whatever and thank mm-hmm. you that I am forever clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever that is. But I, yeah.
0: What would you say to someone that is listening, that's going through, like that's in the pit of addiction? What would you tell them right now?
3: Find your worthiness in, in God because mm-hmm. he'll, he'll reveal it to you. If you re- just rely on God to give you something, he, he knows your heart and he knows your mind and he knows what you're going through. And mm-hmm. he's going to know exactly what you need, whether it be... A little baby blessing or a smack in the face <laughs> of, yeah. of, of hey, this is where you could be going. Whatever it is, God's going to give you exactly what you need. He always is going to meet you right where you are, even if that's on a street corner or, you know, up in the Three highest. Of yes. Love. Always.
2: I would just add that, like. Everybody deserves to be the best version of themselves. You have to be able to get to a point where your desire to get clean is more than your desire to get high.
1: I've been very blessed by this um, message, this testimony. I know you have too. Um, Before we ask the final question, is there anything you want to share with anyone listening?
3: Find a church family. Because every, every church is different. That's where I found my relationship with God was surrounding myself with a good, really good church family that loved me and accepted me. That'd be about it. Because I have to give a lot of props to Journey Church for really... Imagine
0: like, if you had gone to a church that was judgmental. You would have for
3: sure. Christian,
0: Like, where would you guys be right now? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So if you're local, um, can are people able to reach out if, if they connect with us and want to like reach out to you or... Absolutely. Say visit Journey Church if you're local to the Lincoln County area.
3: Absolutely. We have a lot of we've been in this in, you know, on the other side of the addiction for a long time now. Uh 6 7 years. So, we have a lot of resources, we have a lot of knowledge, and if we can't do something to help, we know somebody that can. So, yeah.
2: Um I would just say just reiterate what she said, um find your church home. Mm-hmm. Um that's Especially if you don't have a support system. There's no telling where we'd be if if it wasn't for them, you know. Because mm-hmm. one thing about God is we didn't see it, or at least I didn't see it right off the bat. But through our addiction, we were able to fix, like, not only our relationship, but the relationships that we have with our family. Mm-hmm. Like, you go from being a complete outcast to even the people that, you know... <laughs> Raised that are akin to you to, oh, now you can have the key to my house. Yeah. Or now you can. Getting
1: that trust back from breaking
2: into a house. Exactly. Like, you can go, you know, now, oh, yeah, you're yeah. definitely invited to come with us and mm-hmm. to where yeah. now everybody wants to be around you. Everybody, you know, wants to know the secret to your, you know, success. And it's mm-hmm. it's all given to God because. Yeah. Like, I'm not capable of doing this on my own. So, you know, who else is going to do it for me? Yeah. You know, but so.
1: He said yes, and he asked God and he showed up. That's like the big message. And I think this testimony is not just for um, drug addiction. It's for going through a, di- a bad divorce, a trial, a sick child, whatever mm-hmm. it is. If you look to God, I promise you, you will come out on the other side and it'll be bountiful and beautiful and so blessed. And that's the you know uh, oftentimes before we go through these hard things, we look at these people like how did they get through it? and it's the ones that have that faith in God and it, mm-hmm. it's you know what a testimony. so I'm so Amen. so grateful that you guys came mm-hmm.
0: Thank you you're welcome okay yeah, now for the most note, <laughs> yeah, on a serious note, the most important question mm. of the evening, what did you have or what are you having for dinner tonight
1: <laughs> on this spot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen.
3: <laughs> Some Hoshi.
0: Oh, oh, take me with you. <laughs> wow. I should do that. So good. You have to do the Troy roll. Have you had the Troy roll there? What is that? Oh, my gosh. Is, is it so... Is it Wait a minute. Hold cheaper on. One? It's not too no. great. It's only yeah. like $13. No, it's not like super... Girl. Okay. It's worth it. It's worth it. It has like <laughs> pineapple mango, eel eel sauce on it, and mm. then avocado. Oh,
1: so good. Yeah. Language. So she's good uh did, did, did we say you're pregnant now yeah. i think you did say that okay oh, so yeah well you, Girl, whatever you can't have good to you yeah well you can't
0: have it's got raw i don't know if you follow that some people are like not and super pregnant you then. gotta at least try it you gotta <laughs> at least try it and actually i'm wondering is it the troy it's either troy or lincoln county there's not oh, one goodness. of each i know it's, it's, I feel it's, like if it's you don't troy. see the troy roll on there then it's lincoln county yeah. Yeah. i think mm. it's troy but anyway so good
2: yeah
1: Chili again? <laughs> well, <laughs> we recorded the podcast back to back, so I'm still having chili. <laughs> I'm still having tacos. Yeah, buddy. So, but
0: now I think I'm going for sushi. <laughs> okay. Um, well, thank you yeah. so much for sharing.
2: Thank you for having us. Yeah. Truly an
3: honor. I appreciate oh, it so much.
1: I've so many times. Yeah. So I love you, bike. ladies back the tears hope. yeah and all these people we keep connecting with through god like we connected with you guys through your husband right right yeah, yeah i was just yeah.
2: thinking about that today yeah. i'm like that's crazy like yeah like,
1: who knew
2: like yeah. who would have thought it yeah. you know we You messaged
1: know. samantha about an organizing job we go to you know meet Brittany, fall in love with her and then she <laughs> shares her testimony and you know yeah. Enough said. That's crazy. Sort of. And then that who knows dope. who this is going to touch. So we yeah. just can only pray. It's just like that saying, um, you know, you can't
0: see the dots connecting looking backwards mm-hmm. only when you start looking forwards and For looking sure. back. For yeah. you know? right. sure. Oh my gosh, I see God's hand in like every second. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like yeah. crazy.
1: See, see you next time, time mamas. mamas. Yay. That was so beautiful. That was so that was good. So good. I it.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I like what shines on my brother.
1: Thanks for listening to another Aligned Mama podcast. We hope you found value in today's topic. For more mama resources, go to alignedmamas.com, follow us on social, and join our Aligned Mamas community Facebook group to connect with other moms just like you. We'd like to hear from you. Have a podcast topic? Want to get in touch with us? Want
0: to share your story as a guest? email us at alignedmamas at gmail.com. See you yeah. next time. I can see through my feelings now. I can see clear through my mind.
3: And the secret shut my eyes, to shut my eyes and see.